there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tarvalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. He was a soldier, he was a shepherd, he was a beggar and a king, he was farmer, gleeman, sailor, carpenter. He was born, lived, and died in Aiel. He died mad, he died rotting, he died of sickness, accident, age. He was executed and multitudes cheered his death. He proclaimed himself the dragon reborn and flung his banner across the sky. He ran from the power and hid. He lived and died never knowing. Rand, chapter 37, The Great Hunt. Hello and welcome back. I am here with my friend Tracy. I'm here with my friend Amber. And this is the Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast. And we are almost at the very end of The Great Hunt. Yes, we we are, are doing chapters 37 through 40 this week. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to jump into it if you're ready. Do it. Okay. So we start with chapter 37, what might be, and this is the infamous flicker, 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 flicker. How many times? 26, I think. It's a lot. It's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. So the Okir elders have led Rand's group to this portal stone, and they're hoping to reach Toman Head, still hunting for the horn and the dagger. And they are activated by these portal stones are activated by channeling but Varen doesn't think that she's strong enough to work them Mm. so Rand chooses the symbols and something unexpected happens over a hundred lifetimes flash through Rand's consciousness and some of these scenarios include Rand dying from the Trolloc attack on winter night and another scenario rand marries Egwene but outlives her and becomes this broken man who goes to war against trollocs at the terran river in another scenario Egwene dies of channeling sickness and this has been explained in earlier books but just kind of to rehash that so many women that aren't taught how to channel die if they don't have like a teacher So this is one of the scenarios that happens Mm -hmm. to Egwene. And after this happens, he takes Tam's sword, goes to Camelin, and becomes a queen's guard, loving Queen Elaine from afar, and dies defending her against the Shan Chen. So, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I love how he looks at her and feels as though this connection is not the right one that he's supposed to have with her. And there's remorse and anger and regret. And it's just like, I can't even imagine the emotional trauma (laughs) around living that many lives. In these flashes that go hundreds of times through his consciousness, he lived, he loves other women and he lives completely different lives mm-hmm. and or he none never of these... he never marries you know he just yeah. becomes a, a soldier these... or whatever 
Yeah, none of these scenarios are good. Mm-mm. Like, there's not one that's positive or uplifting. And from the outcome that the others are having, I would assume that none of theirs are good either. Yeah. So every flash a lifetime ends and Rand hears this voice repeating, I have won again, lose Theron. And these lifetimes play out for everyone. And it turns out that this did not save them time at all. Varen mm-hmm. calculates that it's about four months of real time that have passed in this moment's journey yep. through the portal stone. So after this happens, Matt is apologizing for betraying Rand in one of these life-flashing scenarios. And he's like, don't worry, Rand. Like, I'll never betray you. And I so would never do that. that. There's still that goodness and Matt kind of like poking through. And we don't know what Matt did in one of his life flashing moments. But yeah. it's interesting to speculate. So yeah. Perrin poor, is also having some reservations Perrin. about what he's gone through. It seems as though his he's acknowledging his wolf brother senses and capabilities, but he still has this tremendous angst about it. Yeah. And he's like trying to claw his like eyes out in a way like yeah he's covered in scratches as he comes out of this mm-hmm. mortal stone flashing moment so Varen's the only one that seems remotely unruffled by the situation except when it starts out there's a moment where she says this is wrong yes and she's and screaming it like in between the moments in between the yes. flickers yes yeah And I just, I think that was one of the moments that really stood out for me because Varen is, she's one of these characters that I think the TV show is going to be like, this is, I feel, going to be like a very popular character and she'll get a really big fan reaction. Mm -hmm. But I can just picture whoever the actress may be, like... Mm -hmm you know, screaming of the wrongness of this moment that yes. feels like lifetimes. Yes. So. Well, and I also love how sh- when she's talking Rand into being the one who controls the portal stone, like she had told everyone, like she hadn't traveled by one recently or he had traveled it more recently than she had. And then when they go to, mm-hmm. over to the stone, Rand's like, oh, you're not going to make me channel. And she's like, of course I am. You're the only one that's done this before. And he's like, but, and she was like, I've never done this. So you definitely have done this more recently than I have. And it's just like, it's I should die speak. And yeah. I, I love I it. Don't, I don't even know if she actually says that she, I mean, she doesn't say out loud, I think, that she wants him to channel. She no. just kind of, like, leads him to it yep. and is like, you are going to be the one to do this. Mm-hmm. And she also mentions, you know, Celine mm-hmm. because she's saying, like, oh, what I would do to get my hands on this book of Celine's. Yes. Because Rand has told her, like, oh, Celine, like, she knows all about the portal stones mm-hmm. and all this knowledge that was lost – but she has this mysterious book that has answers. Mm-hmm. So suspicious. Does she have a book? Does she not have a book? 
what is Varen thinking? I don't know, but I think Varen is on to something. Yeah. So yeah. after this whole thing happens, the party of Shinaran soldiers and everyone that's with Rand is really shaken up. Yeah. And they actually need Varen's healing after these traumatic events that they all went through. Mm-hmm feeling experiencing their lives flashing in these scenarios and like i said i don't think any of them had positive moments but rand being rand refuses healing from varen he doesn't want help from an Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. and that's really like all that i wanted to like say about this chapter it's a really hard one to recap Mm-hmm. because of how much is happening. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is the general description of what happens, but yeah, recapping it, it's it's too hard to like mm-hmm. give you the same feeling. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to go back and reread a good chapter from The Great Hunt, this That's would be one to do it. Mm-hmm. It's just the writing is done really well mm-hmm. and it's interesting. The portal stones are over for now Mm -hmm. but I'm happy about that like Mm -hmm. I'm done with the portal stones I'm done with the ways I'm ready to get to Toman Head yeah yeah (laughs) and everything that's going to happen I I do have to wonder with this whole none of them experienced positive lives that they all came out of it more or less traumatized is this like their version of being scared, like scared straight? Sorry, I had an IT crowd moment flash in front of my eyes. But I mean, some of the things that follow, like what you were saying with Matt, where he's like, I would never do that to you, Rand. I would just never do that to you. Obviously, Matt did something in one of those lives that he has been shook to the core by and is like, I would never do that to you. So can this like almost be seen as a seed of these are the many places where you can step wrong, avoid them and do better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that it, I think that there could be a couple different (laughs) things going on here. Mm Mm-hmm. I get like very Avengers endgame situation where it's like this this is like where you have a million different opportunities to screw something up. Mm-hmm. You're going to get one shot, one chance to do the right thing. Nobody's going to know exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. And that's what the pattern is pulling you towards. That's what the pattern wants. Mm-hmm. And is recorrecting all the time to yeah. fix. Yeah. But these are all of the missteps, mm-hmm. I think. I can talk about it a little bit more later. Sure. Because it'll get into spoilery stuff. But yeah. Yeah. I just kind of, I, I wanted to talk about it a little in the spoiler-free section because I do feel as though it has a bit of an impact whether or not we ever really come back to this moment in this series in any form of reflection, I can't imagine that it didn't like sit in the back of their heads. Like, I don't know. It, it feels like it would, it would definitely like if I walked around a corner and all of a sudden was like, Oh my God, I died there when I was a soldier, you know, like I think that would, that would stick with me somehow. So I don't know. I feel like perhaps this is just a, a way to, explain future behaviors if if that yeah yeah 
Yeah. Be good, guys. <laughs> Be good. <laughs> Don't do stupid shit. So chapter 38, are we ready? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So chapter 38 is practice. And we are back in the White Tower. Aguina's sitting on her bed in her cramped novice apartment. Minna's hanging out. Nynaeve is angry pacing. <laughs> I really, in my head, love this image of her, like, three quick steps this way, three quick steps that way, like, just back and forth. Um, Aguine is practicing with one power juggling. Um, she knows she's I not... I love this. Yeah, she's like, I know I'm not supposed to do this without another, like, at least an accepted who can channel, but Nynaeve barely counts as that, even though she is an accepted, and Aguine's like, it's fine, I'm still going to do this, because I just can't help myself. So, good job. It's been 13 weeks since uh, Nynaeve and Aguine have arrived in the tower. Uh, Min is teasing Aguine about Galad, and I can't help but think, boys, 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 there's so much talk of boys at the moment. It's Hormones. Yeah, and Egwene's channeling gives her away. Totally. Like, when she hears something she's not happy about or maybe excited about, mm -hmm. her weaves, these little balls that she's juggling, either spin furiously yeah. or become, like, lighter and more, like, yes. you can read her emotions Lively. through. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. you know... Apparently, Galad is, like, the hottest guy ever, and he's got a thing for a queen. But, yeah, it's just cute. It's cute, but it's also, I don't know, I probably reacted to this differently when I was reading this in 16. Um, Elaine pops in and declares that rumors are true. King Galdrian is dead. She says, it's a war of succession. And Min is like, oh, please, it's just another civil war. But this is in Kyrian. And of three of them, I would definitely say that Elaine is going to have perhaps the most interest in it, considering she is the daughter heir of Andor. So this is important to her. Min doesn't really want to talk about it. So um, I believe Elaine brings up seeing Loghain. And that he was crying in the garden. And Min replies, better he cries than the rest. And, of course, Aguine, like, always thinks of Rand in moments like this. And she remembers that she has not dreamed of Rand in months. It feels very weird to her. Like, he's somehow not, I don't want to say not alive. Like, he's not present. She doesn't feel like he's in the world. That doesn't make she's... any sense. <laughs> no, I understand what you mean. It almost feels as though she feels like this distance between them physically, mentally, emotionally, and seeing or hearing of Loghain is that reminder that he's going to go mad. Mm -hmm. I think it's possible that this is kind of like helping her make up her mind for her mm. like is this her future mm -hmm. is it what she really wants right yeah oh that's a very good point um i always read it as this is the time when he's in the portal stone flicker moment and i feel like that distance would probably contribute to 
him not being there for her to feel through a dream, which adds to like the mystery of what the fuck those portal stones are and how they work. So I feel as though her not dreaming of him pulls them together and almost like when Lyandrin walks in as she does, um, that sense of danger, Lyandrin's like, the boys are in danger. I want the two of you, Aguina and Nynaeve, to help me go rescue them. And like before that happened, she like kicked Elaine and Night, not me, Nynaeve, God jeepers. She, <laughs> she kicked Elaine and Min out of the room to talk just to Nynaeve and Aguina. But of course, the way that the novice apartments are done, they have little little holes in the wall for each other to listen to. How come I just, I'm sorry. Lyandrin should have known about that. And I still don't understand why she went to the novice apartments instead of having them come to her because it just seems really conspicuous for an Aes Sedai to go to the novice apartment. Oh, Lyandrin. Thank you. Like, I just... Everything in these four chapters this week, I'm just like, Leandrin, you are so dumb. Right? I, <laughs> I just, don't know. There's so much about this, and she's just, ugh. Anyway. Um, Peepholes, plot holes, many holes. Yes, and Leandrin is almost like, I prefer her in the TV show quite a bit. In the book, she comes across a bit one-dimensional and a bit dim. So... There's that. So she does get Egwene and Nynaeve to agree with her to leave the tower. Lyandrin says that she's made arrangements and that they can't tell anyone because the Black Aja is walking the halls of the White Tower. <laughs> can't yes. see my face. There are I, things that I want to say, but I will not. It's like a, it's a smack my head moment. Um, so she's really like she's cut them off from being able to ask advice from anybody and Nynaeve picks up on that really quickly because Nynaeve has been pushing against Landrin this whole time and I love her for it because she's like what kind of danger where are we going like good job Nynaeve <sighs> Nynaeve could have her own spinoff like sleuthing and solving mysteries because yeah. it happens in one book I can't remember. It's sometime around Natrum's Barrow, I believe. And Nynaeve mm. is mm -hmm. in some, like, basement searching. Mm -hmm. Oh, fuck. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> She's a brilliant well, there, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't give anything away, so. Mm -hmm. No. I just set a place. I mean, it's time. not going to be the only time that Nynaeve is going to be trapped in a fill-in-the-blank. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, their lives of danger just getting started. And that actually is part of this chapter, too, is men viewing danger around Elaine, Nynaeve, and Egwene. And once Lyandrin leaves... Aguin, I'm sorry, I keep saying that. Elaine and Min come back in and they're like, we're going with you. And Nynaeve is like, this is stupid. And Elaine is like, ha ha, it'll be an adventure. I bet we won't cry ourselves to sleep on an adventure, Aguin. Why so much foreshadowing? Um, so yeah, 
they make the decision. All four of them are going to go. Men's like the viewing is even stronger now that there is danger involved, but we are all connected. And I think we all need to do what we need to do to save Rand. So, oh, and Perrin and Matt, because they're always an afterthought. (laughs) Can't forget about them. Yep. Yeah, this was a lot of talk about boys, a lot of, I guess, like background info. Mm -hmm. It it was a chapter. Yeah. There were things. There were things. One of the things that really kind of like, I don't want to say it made me mad, but when Elaine says that Gowan's been eyeing men, I'm like, do they just eye anyone and then change their minds later on? Like, I don't know. Maybe this is dating in the Westlands and I just don't know how it goes. But yeah, I could see Elaine like wanting to. I don't know. It's almost like teasing because it's about her brothers. Mm-hmm. So you'd be like, oh, he's got his eye on you and he's got his eye on you. <laughs> and of course, like men was like, yeah, whatever. But Egwene, you can tell she's having some feelings. I guess. Yes. Well, and apparently most of the female population, with the exception of the Reds, have feelings for galad yeah yeah hormones hormones in the tower in the tower (laughs) chapter 39 is called flight from the tower Mm -hmm. and the girls including Nynaeve, elaine Egwene, and men they all leave together and Mm -hmm. they go off the tower grounds in their best looking outfits their fanciest wardrobe Hoping to pass as Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. Except Min, she's dressed as a servant. She's cool with that. <laughs> so she doesn't need no fancy dress. She does so. not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They reach the stables and Nynaeve browbeats the stable man into giving them all of their horses. Because it turns out that the stable man was expecting them to, I guess, the girls shock. They were like, well... Damn, like, mm-hmm. ugh, like we thought that we got here, so, like we did it so well, we were so good, we played it off, and then yeah. they show up, and the stable man's like, Leandrin said two, and you're four. Yep. And despite this, Nynaeve being Nynaeve gets all four of their mm-hmm. horses. She is a, she's a force of nature. Yes, she so, is. They meet Leandrin in the Ogier Grove, and we get a little bit of exposition talking about how beautiful it is. Mm-hmm. And Leandrin is pissed Ooh. that Min and Elaine have joined Nine Even Egwene. Apparently, she says that she had other plans for them, mm-hmm. whatever that means. So they reach the Waygate, and Egwene rides Bella through first. It's darker on the inside than it should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been in the ways once, and it's even darker now than before. I don't know. Get, I mean, get me out of the ways already. <laughs> this is, it's tedious. So It is a tedious form of travel. You are right. And it's boring. It's boring for the reader. I'm just going to say that. The yeah. first time it was like, ooh, much and chin. And then like <laughs> after a while, it's like, okay, like we get it. Yeah. So yeah. 
Leandrin somehow has this piece of paper guiding her through the ways and it has symbols on it. And the women feel power, like the power of the ways inside, Mm -hmm. but know that they shouldn't channel inside. And Leandrin's like, well, I'll deal with the black wind if it comes. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, what? No. Does she know? Why? How? How? So the girls are talking about Rand and Egwene pretty much offers him up to any of the other girls to marry him because she's going to be an Aes Sedai and she will likely not marry. But it's done in a way that you can tell she's not happy about it. She's kind of like forcing herself to be happy about it. Yeah. She even cries and plays it off as laughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, Egwene. So the group yeah. sleeps. Egwene has a nightmare of old fire eyes. And the next morning, <laughs> Leandrin pushes them faster and with more haste. Mm-hmm. So after two days of traveling the ways, Leandrin finds her exit for the waygate on Toman Head and ushers everyone out. And that's how the chapter ends. Suspicious, suspicious actions. Yeah. And it just gets worse because. <laughs> yeah. This oh my next God. chapter. This next chapter. So, chapter 40, I always say Domine. You say it differently. I How... say Damane. Damane. Okay. I'm not 100% sure how I, I'm going to go with that and call it we... good enough. We say it however we like it's here true. at the Road to Tarvalin. We are not pronunciation snobs no. unless you do something real weird. <laughs> it's got to be really weird to make me <laughs> flinch. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure at some point that will happen. Um, so Queen emerges from the Waygate followed by the others to find a rather strange group of people waiting for them. 50 soldiers, two linked groups of Domine, Domine, two soldam with leashes, and one lady lying in a palanquin. Did I say that right? That's how I say it in my head. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> Landrin comes up, pushes the queen and Nynaeve forward, presenting them to the High Lady Saruth. She is the one who is laying in the palaquin and she's like these are the ones that had been promised and one of the soldiers and the two soldam who are not attached to another woman start approaching um green and naive and the soldier approaches men and the lane and of course the moment that happens all hell breaks loose um yeah, this is the moment where I just want to choke everyone out. Leandrin, I want her thrown off a cliff. Hi, Lady Suroth, she can go as well. Yeah. Hate her. Hate yeah. her face. Totally. <laughs> not, n- not a uplifting chapter. <laughs> no. This is this is honestly like one of the most brutal chapters, I think. Like there are several other moments I can think of that like hit this kind of peak of capture and torture and the breaking of someone's will, which is what the Suldam do to the Domine. Um, So 
Elaine and Nynaeve have been able to escape. Egwene is collared, and Min is injured, but she's lifting herself up. I have to say, Egwene's first reaction of, like, punching the Soldam, like, right in the face was a, yeah! Until... I don't even remember that. <laughs> really? Oh, I just no. love it. I love it. Like, she just... I think it says, like, she balls up her fist and just, like, bam. But, of course, it has that reaction that happens when... Does she connect? Does she hit the Soldam? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then, like, that action of a queen against the Soldam has that um, effect only multiplied on her. So she ends up being on the ground, head ringing, and wondering if she's going to have a black eye that matches the Soldam that has captured her. Um, I personally really like that moment. Um, there is this discussion between Seroth and Leandrin talking about a master they both serve. Um, I find this annoying, this conversation, and again kind of stupid like why are they doing this but they both behave like children in this argument like they both need to have the last word they both need to be like you'll kneel to me no you'll kneel to me and I'm like just shut up and split ways jump off a cliff Amber would appreciate it yes <laughs> fly, fly, fly fly yes fly, fly. away um so this is where Egwene's lessons, quote-unquote, with Rena begin. And she realizes that Rena is treating her as she might a dog, as something less than human. And I think this is worth remembering because it's definitely going to affect how people in the Westlands will view the Shan Chen. So we find out that there is a lot that Rena can feel between this link to Egwene. She can tell when Egwene lies, if she doesn't try to do something that she's been told to do when she's angry. There is a sense of the water bond to this, but when I was looking up the Adam, the I know it's Adam, right? but I always say Adam. It's taken from uh, linking, when sisters link together for a circle. That was the inspiration for making this connection work. Um, punishments can be severe for disobedient dominate up to and including having her tongue cut out or her hands cut off. Um, I'm very curious to see how the show is going to do that because at the end where they have the dominate on the ships they have something over their mouths and i'm just curious mm -hmm. if it's like decorative or if these particular dominate have been permanently silenced which makes them really dark yeah it's it's interesting i don't know how they're gonna approach this because obviously you don't want to have like in this scenario Egwene captured and not be able to deliver any lines <laughs> like that's true yeah it doesn't seem to me like this is something that will happen to her unless her capture is you know 10 minutes 15 minutes of an episode and then that's it and then that's maybe. it i don't yeah. know i mean maybe they're those two that they showed at the end are more the exception 
than the rule. Yeah, and they, I mean, this is, it's done often where they'll, you know, go back and from one season to the next and kind of, you know, change things mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not too worried about it. I don't mm -mm. think that the the outfits or anything, I I liked them. Mm -hmm. I I think that the TV show did fine. I didn't get, like, the bug helmets like I wanted, mm -hmm. but they're still pretty terrifying, so. Agreed. One of the things that kind of stuck out to me in this is that Rena, who is the one who has a green leashed, says that it is better for women who can channel to become domine than make trouble contending for power. And this feels almost contradictory to what the Shanchen public is told. Like the women won't be able to control their power. They will be dangerous. And that's why some domine are actually happier being domine as they fear their own power and only feel safe when they are connected with their soul dam. I don't necessarily think that's like the whole overwhelming feeling of the domine, but the fact that Rena says it's about power just kind of stuck with me that it's this is how we build power to our advantage. I'm going to shut up now. My brain isn't working. Um, so at the end of this moment, everyone is back on horses. Min is coming with them. The soldier that Min had cut wanted to kill her, and Egwene was able to talk the High Lady Siroth out of it, but then was punished for it. And then Min jumps in and is like, no, stop, which just ends up with them both getting beat up. There's just a lot of cruelty, and even the soldiers, like when they're looking back and seeing what's happening, they laugh about it, which to me just like says a lot about how the society as a whole views women who can channel. The chapter wraps up with a point of view switch to Nynaeve. She's done being angry, and now she's just scared, and... Elaine comes out of the shrubbery that Nynaeve is kind of hiding in. They recount how they were able to escape and then make a plan to head west toward Fall May and find a way to rescue dear Aguin and Min. Good luck. I did like at the end of this chapter how before we leave Egwene's point of view, there is this sense of hope. Like... Mm -hmm. Nynaeve will be coming for me yes. and she knows it with every you know fiber of her being absolutely because, like I said she is a force of nature she is the inevitable right and that's I think like for me on my very first read I knew that there was a connection between Nynaeve and Egwene like they have a history and it might be more of like an older sibling or like babysitter type relationship. Yes. Where I always felt naive. Maybe despite being a bit of a bully sometimes, she really cares for Egwene and she's like a sister to her. I feel like Egwene feels like she needs to compete with Nynaeve a little bit. 
because Nynaeve has always been the one in charge. So I, I think like that's not something that Egwene really loves. <laughs> but in this situation, to me, like this is where I really think that I fell in love with Nynaeve, where I always appreciated her. I thought she was interesting and fun. But then when we get here, I'm like, okay, Nynaeve will do about anything to save someone that she cares about. Yep. But when it comes to Egwene, <laughs> she is like, she is the tempest. She is the eye of the storm. And if you do something to Nynaeve, like take Egwene and imprison her, ooh boy, like you better be ready because she, she does not give nothing. Like she will, she will claw her way mm-hmm. back to Egwene. Or explode everything around her. (laughs) Yeah, and it's just, I mean, man, like this is such a a fierce combination of women that we've got. I I love Elaine. I think that she is comical and lighthearted and (laughs) it's so nice. Like some people hate Elaine. I find her like a welcome distraction from Egwene, like, and Nynaeve. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Min is fun too here in these chapters as well because she's kind of like off to the side, like, kind of doing her own thing. She's not doing her novice training or anything like that because she's not there in the tower. For that reason, she wears what she wants, she kind of does what she wants. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fun, like, getting these interactions here in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not a first-time reader anymore, but coming back to it, as tedious as some of these moments are, like, I hate reading Egwene getting captured. It's not fun. Oh, it's These moments going through the ways again. It's not fun to relive. Even the portal stone, it's written beautifully, but again, like on a reread, it's nice to read the words and like have these emotions and feelings, but it's not fun. Like it's not happy stuff. No, it's heavy. Yeah, and this this whole episode is probably going to be heavy. Yeah. I mean, there's no way out of it with this one, Mm -hmm. so... I, yeah, I hopefully, you know, like I probably won't be doing seal noises again this episode. <laughs> and but, what a shame that is. I mean, <laughs> when I was editing that, I was like, I this is embarrassing. I shall leave it in. <laughs> Good choice. Good choice. Thanks. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I do like about these particular chapters is a continued building of the friendship between Elaine, Min, and Egwene. Like, Nynaeve is still as attached to Egwene as she's always been. I feel maybe a little less so to Elaine and Min, but then, like, she has to work with Elaine, and it's really funny because, like, Elaine's like, I only have like 10 gold pieces and a handful of silver. And Nynaeve laughs at her. (laughs) You know what's interesting Mm. is the novices must get like a decent amount of money because they showed up at the tower pretty much 
with nothing but a few gowns from Amalisa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now they have, like, fancy embroidered divided riding skirts and... It had to have come from some type of like stipend from the tower. So yeah, I don't know how that works. We should I probably. Mean... Yeah, I know that I know that the Isidai get an amount to withdraw yearly, like just a flat amount that they start out with. Mm-hmm. But whether or not that's something offered to the accepted and the novices, I don't know. I mean, they have. They didn't take away their clothes because, like, they still have stuff that's not, you know, accepted or novice dresses. Yeah, and I mean, in New, so, in new Spring. In New Spring. Uh, when Maureen is raised, she takes out one of the dresses. I believe she has, like, dresses from... Should we go? Should we just jump into spoilers? Yeah. Yeah, for some odd reason, I thought we still had another chapter to go. <laughs> no. No. No, those were all wrapped up. Hey, everyone. No ad this week. Just an announcement. We have recently opened listener support on Anchor. This means that you, our listeners, can help us expand our project through monthly donations. The three tiers are for 99 cents. or $9.99 per month. This is not like Patreon where there are perks for specific tiers. However, monthly support would enable us to do listener giveaways on a regular basis, as well as hire help with managing our hefty workload. We put our hearts fully into the content we create, but we can only do so much as two people. On top of that, we are in the process of developing a few additional projects that we can't wait to share with you. Your support of the podcast, of us, means more than we can ever say. If you are interested in contributing, there is a link available in the show notes. As always, thank you for being with us and enjoy the rest of the episode. Yeah, let's do spoilers. I'm good to go. So in chapter 37, what might be... I feel like there's a link here between like what Rand's experiencing and what happens that Egwene experiences in her accepted test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are a few similar type scenarios. Mm-hmm. And like I'm guessing that what they are seeing through the portal stones are real. Like mm-hmm. this is a reality, just mm-hmm. not their reality. Mm-hmm. So like whether it happened in the future or the past or a parallel life or in a different turning of the wheel like this has happened somewhere mm-hmm. before yeah and or will happen somewhere as their line continues you know what i mean like if they're par- parallel worlds would the timelines be different or would they run side by side that makes sense i would see two separate like like you could you could this is so weird but i feel like you can't really just like jump into another one literally like you could see what's happening but you can't like walk into another scenario where there's two of you yes i I so yeah i i feel like this is to avoid that paradox, you would have to just be, like, viewing it. Like, mm-hmm. they could see what's happening, but 
they could like experience it via like flashes through the mind but yeah I don't think that they can run into I don't think Rand can see other Rand and like go say hi to himself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, has anyone I don't know told how... you that you look like an IEO? Right, do you, I do don't... you ever get that? <laughs> I don't know how the pattern would react to that, but I think a lot about Rand and Egwene's relationship, and that led me to think of Egwene and Gawain's relationship. Yeah. And how quite often people are like, it just comes out of nowhere like, what – Rand and Egwene, they don't love each other. They were just kind of, like, supposed to marry each other, but not. It's just kind of weird. Yeah. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh, okay. This makes things make a lot of sense to me. What if they don't really love each other? They feel something, but it's the same thing that Rand feels like when – he thinks something where he's like thinking like I've, I feel like I've done this before you yeah. know like I feel like I've seen this before mm-hmm. and is it possible that Rand and Egwene's relationship really just hinges on the fact that in 99 other turnings of the wheel they were together mm. like it's just this reminiscent feeling of something that was or mm-hmm. should be, but they don't know why. I mean, they don't even really get along. So, like, in this turning, maybe there really isn't a relationship between them. They're just feeling something from another turning, from another part of the pattern that mm-hmm. happened far off somewhere. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Egwene and Gawain. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't really know what she feels about him until she experiences, like, loving him, I guess, in this space between Teleron Riod and the dream, like, mm-hmm. his dreams. And it, it's it's weird how Robert Jordan, it's almost like he wanted to, like, hint at relationships via, well, this is happening in another time period is it is it the past is it the future is it intel or on road is it a life via someone going through the portal stones is it through the accepted test and like this is a place in the in between where connections are still being made mm-hmm. yeah it's a lot to wrap my head around but i agree i mean gone never shows up in any of Egwene's like testing moments or anything does he no i don't think so but she visits him <laughs> yeah like in really i the think world of i dreams. think i think what did it for her was oh my god he thinks i'm so pretty like oh my god he wants to say all of these beautiful things to me she just the way that he behaves towards her in the dream world is I can see it being what a young woman would want to hear from an attractive young man. and Yeah, and it being, like, in his dreams, it's completely unfettered. It's like he mm-hmm. can – there's no restrictions to his feeling because it is just a dream. There's yeah. nothing to hold him back. Yeah. There's no he shame even, like, there. He restarts so. things. 
like, no, that's not how I wanted to do it. And all of a sudden, Gwen finds herself in a different, like, position in his dream and is like, oh, okay, so now this <laughs> is happening again. <laughs> yes! Ah, she was bamboozled by his fancy words and seeing her is like ridiculously beautiful i know it is it is a a mildly disappointing relationship development i don't even really dislike gawain i think in any other story he could be you know the prince charming the savior the one that saves the world yeah but robert jordan was like i'm gonna do a I'm going to switch that around and flip it. He's going to be a bit angsty. Well, I mean, Rand is angsty, too. All of the young men are angsty. Except for Galad. Galad is always just, like, chill and smooth. I don't think he gets... I don't think he gets angsty. (laughs) I would never apply that word to him. Do you think he's angsty? Galad? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. What I was gonna say though is when galad can't find a definite right and wrong like when there is a blurred line galad doesn't know what to do with himself he's just like that's true he's like i am in a glass cage of emotion <laughs> like, <laughs> he can't really handle i guess not knowing exactly how his conscience feels you know yeah. like if, if there's anything that feels like he might not know that definite line between right and wrong good and bad what is just or unjust he gets like, stuck yeah yeah, yeah. You, you saying that reminds me of the morgase galad reunion that's exactly what i'm thinking of yeah where she's like i should have I should have been there. I should have helped you see that there is a gray place in the world and Mm -hmm. you have to be able to live there as well as the other places. And yeah, that's a really, that's a really good point where, but I just. He's not, he's not so much like always angsty. Yeah. But I think like this is the part of his personality that he would hide. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I mean, he does have that. What is it that Min says about him? He He's so good. He would make you want to pull your hair out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That would, that I would mean, annoy this is, me. This is coming like right off of my leviathan wakes read but i just there's so much of like james holden that is in galad and (laughs) do you know what i'm saying Yeah. yeah no yes i hear that oh my gosh um i don't know if i had anything to the only other thing that I wanted to say about the portal stones is I I honestly I don't think that there was supposed to be some big meaning to it all. I don't think that this was like a clue for something. I think like it just Robert Jordan needed for the girls to show up on Toman Head first mm-hmm. and Matt not to die. So he needed like a way to make the time pass like mm-hmm. 
so many months or whatever and Matt not <laughs> crap out. So four. four months. Yeah. So he kind of like built this little moment, I guess. And it, it was like a quick fix, I feel like. Yeah. And I think that it's it's written well. It's it's an interesting part of the story, but the metaphysical stuff to me it always feels like there can be a million options of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I feel like I had something to say. Was it about Matt? <laughs> um, Actually, Matt and Ingtar, I think, are the two that I think of the most when it comes to this. I think of the the people who we have an interaction with around this moment Ingtar's pretty shook and Matt's shook and I think that that does impact Ingtar's decision later when they're in Fall May and it might even have an impact on Matt that goes further so because I mean the way that he's been behaving towards Rand has not been the supportive friend role like he's like very reluctant to be close to Rand and with good reason. He's a man that can channel. There are all kinds of things that could go wrong. But I almost think that through this um, this opportunity to live multiple lives, he doesn't just get to see what happens to him if he does something like betray Rand. He sees what happens to Rand. And so I would assume that... I don't know. I feel like he is most impacted even though we only get Rand's flicker life. Who's most impacted? Matt. I feel like Matt is the most impacted on this one. Do you? I do. I don't. Yeah. I no, mean, that's fair. We don't even get from his point of view, so Mm-mm. it's just like, wah, wah, don't care. I'm making wild assumptions. <laughs> it's because you love Matt so much. It's true. It's true. I'm 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 spinning him off at the moment. Like just yeah, coming. You want to give with... him the benefit of the doubt. Well, and also he's a he's a scoundrel. Matt is a scoundrel, especially like early in the novels. He needs to get set straight a couple different times before he is like the the lovable scamp that I like. Like he's there underneath all of that. He just has to get to. So I feel like this could have been like a really fun like moment of alternative storytelling. Yeah, it's it's a little bit unfortunate that we don't actually get to see what's going on with Matt and Perrin. I mean Matt, I think, like, we can guess that he mm-hmm. just betrayed Rand in some way. Mm-hmm. And that was that. But Perrin, on the other hand, I'm curious about, like, what was so yeah. bad for him to see. He's, like, digging his eyes out. Yeah, maybe we'll Trying. maybe we'll get clues about it later. But mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be something we get on the TV show. I think that we got a Easter egg of the portal stones possibly Mm -hmm. i don't know if they'll use them i don't know if they'll take up that much time because Mm -hmm. i feel like this would need a whole 
episode mm-hmm. and I I don't know how it would translate to TV. I, I feel like it's probably not something that they're going to spend a lot of time with or on. Yeah. I I agree with you. It's it's very um you could do a whole season in the portal stones. You like... could. Or you could just get rid of it and like speed the story along, which is kind of what they do what have, I want. They do have Inktar cast though. So I mean, are we gonna do I mean Inktar can have a change of heart without going through the portal stones. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think it could be done. I think it would be really cool. But to have like a what if episode where yeah. it was like one whole episode dedicated to what they're experiencing inside the portal stones. Yeah. And I think it would be it would be really nice to have it if it like flickered between like the the main three. Like if it went Rand, Matt, Perrin, instead of it just Do you want to know Rand. what? <laughs> I, I do. Think, I always do. I think it would bore me to death. I think I would get so bored because when Rand is having his dream sequence with Egwene mm-hmm. in episode eight, I'm like, okay, I know it's a dream. It's not real. I don't care. Move <laughs> this along. I want to see what's going on with the battle. Mm-hmm. And every time they switch back to Rand, I'm like, I don't care. Go back to the Trollocs. <laughs> and I want to see what's going on with Amelisa. And mm. oh, yeah. That was, yeah. So where where am I? I was actually just thinking that if there was a way to do it like that nightmare sequence, it might not be terrible. But it doesn't sound like that would be the case for you at all. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't need any more of that. I just, it's so hard. Like, I mean, they had like Egwene freeze and, and you know, like they had to make a way to show viewers that it wasn't real. Mm-hmm. So they would have to do something similar within the portal stones. And mm-hmm. obviously, like, if they just show up and Rand's there with Egwene again, it'll be like, oh, it's like the dream from last time. And who cares? Because he already had the dream where he's living his life with Egwene. And yeah, yeah. What are they going to show? Like, him sick? Him missing fingers? Like, what's... <laughs> Why? Um... <laughs> I mean, I just don't see them taking too much time with it i yeah. i could be eating my hat he'd come <laughs> a year from now but but maybe not i really don't know it is one of those ones where it i can see them using it i can see them dropping it i can see where it could be really beneficial character development for rand and matt and Perrin if they did it right but is it necessary and would it's it just, like slow down? Do we down? need more angst? Do yeah. we need more? There are just like, so many other points that are me. also good. <laughs> yeah. Like we know we know Rand is miserable and knows his life is like fucked. Save save the special effects budget. Give us Brigida and the Heroes mm. of the Horn. And a Grom. <laughs> At least one. At, At least, least one. one Grom. One. Monstrous Grom. Or, you know, or a rockin', just any. A low John par. Chen. 
the low, low par. par. I like them. Who's a good low par? <laughs> <laughs> we need a coffee mug with like a low par curled up on a on a rug in front of like a fire. Oh, I that'd just be need so someone fun. to commission an actual like low par artwork piece. of a low par. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> I, I don't think I can draw that. Yeah. I, <laughs> Unless it's just like a stick figure. <laughs> Arrow says low par. Pretend. Use your imagination here. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I That is the only Saroth moment that I like is when she's like in her room with her low par and her low par is like all stretching and has these giant claws mm-hmm. and she's like my good little bb that's how i feel about eleanor uh, right like wouldn't i mean that's how i would be right Even if it was a grom like i don't care who's a good grom baby you think that they have like a you don't know like humane society in Shantan where it's like you know like get your grom spay and neutered so they don't take over <laughs> you know considering how controlling they are over everything they have to. yeah i'm sure they have a system in place for like controlling as much stuff as possible including reproduction of their wacky monster pets right yeah i bet they breed them pretty carefully too Especially, oh I, yeah, like for the, especially for like the battle par, yeah, yeah. You like, want a good like battle animal, yeah, yeah. Mm. Do you think Robert Jordan ever figured that there'd be two people questioning? <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm like <laughs> turtle stones, alternate realities, yawn. Like monster reproduction time. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Sign me up. Lopar breeding habits, way more interesting. I was, we were, the other night I was on Discord and I was, it was me and Doug and Snakes and Foxes and we were talking about, you know, like Agonor is just the John Hammond of the Wheel of Time. Yeah, yeah. Like he just, you know, he just wanted to make an amusement park for his grandkids probably <laughs> and like. I like Trollocs. Whoops. Whoops. Oh, Aganor. What a So guy. let me see. Where am I? Uh, Chapter 38, practice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we actually did kind of talk a little bit about, like, this whole Gallad being so good thing. But I do have to wonder... Does Galad go through kind of like a change of heart or something before he meets Berylaine? Because they feel very opposite. And like, I can't figure out if this is just like a clash of two incredibly beautiful people who can't take their eyes off each other. Like, that. And I don't think Berylaine necessarily cares about his personality. Like, she's there for the status. So, like, Good point. she would take him, I think, as he is, mm-hmm. no questions asked. I mean, he's missing an arm at that point. She doesn't care. Yeah. She's like, you're She's, beautiful. Yeah. You are a person of high stature. Yep. You're important and you're good to look at. Good enough. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And he's he's very politically savvy. Like he's grown up in this world that she has. So mm-hmm. Th- those are a all good match. really good. Oh, I think they're a good match. I, I yeah. really do. But it just feels like 
Galad Berlain feels so very opposite of Galad early books. Like, I, yeah. I feel like he's willing to stand in the gray a little bit more at that point. Yeah, definitely. He's changed quite a bit, and I think she has as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, she even, she like basically sets up a hospital. Like, mm-hmm. she becomes somewhat of a philanthropist, really. And doesn't she yeah. open her entire palace? Yeah. 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 And has Aes Sedai and Ashaman working to have portal gates opened. To bring the wounded. To bring in the wounded. Yeah, I just, I loved that. There's the tankers. Oh. She's working with the tankers. They're like dragging people in and out because and they Ren can't fight. Yeah, yeah, they can't so fight. Helping so, with the oh, wounded. God, that's just. Oh, that's such a good chapter. There's such so a good many. Moment. Yeah, Perrin's there, and Master Luhan shows up. My head explodes. Can we just fat like let's just skip the middle and go straight <laughs> to a memory of like dude when it gets down to like winter's heart we could probably do that in like three episodes I hate that one <laughs> I really like the cleansing of Sidene yeah we can talk about that for an entire episode if you want because that part is way fun almost yeah. everything leading up to it. <sighs> I have such a hard time remembering the ends of the books because it's been so long since I've read them. Isn't that wild? Like, there's so much that happens. I That's something I love, though, is how often I can read the books and still be like, ha-ha, surprise! Like, yeah. I, I have not done this since we started reading together, but I already finished The Great Hunt because I couldn't stop. Like, I was... I can't, I can't do that and then... I mix up my notes Mm -hmm. and I forget like what happens where I was really careful to like just kind of skim it so it didn't like sink in too hard but it's just like this is I can't this is that avalanche (laughs) where like everything just picks up and I'm like I'm in it I'm in it I can't can't do that because then I'll have to read it twice and then I'll have to listen to it again when you recap and I'm Mm, just like I'll fall asleep I forget Mm -hmm. everything so it doesn't have the same effect (laughs) 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 like I definitely can we talk about Leandrin being an idiot before it gets too late (laughs) yes this is a character I'm really thankful that they have changed in the TV series. I really am. She feels... I I didn't think that Leandrin was going to be a character where I was like, I love you. Right? But she is. And I really appreciate Kate Fleetwood. I yeah. think she's a... I think she's really literally a brilliant actress. And I like that she's getting a lead position in The Wheel of Time. She deserves mm. it. For her to, like, be the one that, like, stands off against Moraine, I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. But we in need the this, book... We need this, like, chaotic energy and, up like, against Moraine. Snarkiness. Like, Lyandron feels tough and scrappy and, like, raised from the streets in a way, if that makes sense. Like, there's just... There's just a sense of roughness to her that has been totally polished away on Moraine. And I like how the fact that their Aes Sedai puts them on a very similar 
level for power because aren't they similar in channeling power strength as well yeah similar yeah but in this section i'm sorry i don't know what's happening there's so and then many the, things and then the girls like just going away with her right. like are, are you dumb how are you that dumb I ladies no ladies right really come on, on on the flip side of this if they would have gone to go tell shiriam who's the mistress of novices that Lyandrin was trying to smuggle them out of the tower with this reasoning, Shiriam's Black Aja. So then what would have happened? You know, like, Lyandrin was not leading them astray by telling them the Black Aja roamed the halls of the White Tower and not to trust anyone. Because I just can't think of who else other than Shiriam they would turn to in the tower? They can't go see the Amarlin Moraine's gone. They could so. say it to, they could, I mean, they would just have to say it to anyone. Like, oh, Leandrin told us to go do this, so we're going to go do this. The fact that Leandrin doesn't want them to tell anyone is a huge red flag where I'm like, girls, ladies, Naive young women. Does push back. She's the only one, She's though, and the I'm only like, one. for crying out loud, like, what? I, I what? definitely Why? think Egwene will be looking before she leaps from now on. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it's just, okay, so, like, Leandrin going through the, I just, I don't know. I think that this is just a plot hole, maybe, or maybe not plot hole is the right word, but part of the book that just feels not so well thought out mm-hmm. as Leandrin going through the ways with them. Is is it just like she's too dumb to know that she's actually in danger? Or does she know some secret Black Aja stuff mm. that can actually keep her safe? Or is Varen completely wrong and Machinchin like can be willed to do something mm-hmm. and negotiated with? Like it just none of this really gets answered. So to me, like this whole traveling through the ways part of the books falls flat. And this is why I don't like it. Yeah. It could have been condensed. I feel like these two chapters could have been put together as one chapter, really. And, like, made much shorter. We've already traveled the ways once. We don't really need to do it again. And like I said, I feel like the only thing that it benefits is to, like, highlight how cold Landrin is and create a stronger bond of friendship that we see as the reader for the young women. If you were Leandrin, how would you get rid of them? Like, there's got to be an easier way, right? You know... There has I mean, to be an easier way. I completely agree with that. And I feel as though Landrin is following orders. I'm not sure like exactly what those orders would be, but perhaps it's the person who decided that this is what needed to happen who's the big dummy. Like and she just plays along with it because sometimes she's not. I mean, Killing them would have been a better option mm-hmm. than leaving them alive and having that shape, that shape, that chance to escape. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if they're collared, okay, there's still a chance. But mm-hmm. 
she could have just opened the way gate, pushed them through, and, and left them it. in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, later. <laughs> have fun. Where are they going to go? Yeah. Yeah. Or just open the way gate, like, channeled, let Machinchen know they're there, and then shut the door. Yeah. Make sure the Avendasora leaf that would open it wasn't Was there. gone. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Or even just, like, take them and drop them off in the fucking blight or something. Like, yeah. why did they have to be captured by, I mean, obviously plot development and what happens with the queen and everything. I actually, when I was reading over this, I really, as, as difficult as it is, I really do try to kind of visualize what's happening and... I can actually see Madeline Madden doing a very good job of being captured, of trying mm-hmm. to fight back, of having that steely determination, of being absolutely crushed when she realizes just what's happening to her. And that, I mean, because this happens later on, the Aes Sedai who's been captured, who's like giving up because it's just so terrible being a Domine. So... I think I think she's going to do a really good job of this and I'm excited to see it. Like not because it's awful, but just because of what I think she's capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I'm glad cuz I really like her. And I mean, I, I think, can I can I think s- they're great. I mean, I think all of the actors and actresses are great. The only thing is the accents I can kind of like pick out the different regional accents from the actors and actresses uh-huh. and it sometimes like maybe pulls me out just a tiny bit mm-hmm. but I mean I can usually like turn it off if I think too hard about something then yeah. I'll kind of fixate on it but I really like everyone that they've chosen to be in the show I think visually mm-hmm. they completely embody the characters i agree and yeah i mean mm-hmm. i wouldn't i don't think i could see Egwene or naive as anyone else but mm-hmm. i said the same thing about bernie harris so i don't know maybe like I, who knows yeah. <laughs> what i'm capable of changing like yeah it my is- opinion on it is interesting reading it after watching the show and how the show has affected what the images in my head look mm-hmm. like. And it's actually, it's kind of fun because some characters have just like completely slid into that space like and replaced my former headcanon and others still like stay as they are. Like there are pieces of Leandrin from the show that I love and there are other things that I kind of keep from the book and then it's like, I don't know. My brain is a really fun place when it works right. (laughs) Even more fun when it doesn't work right. God, I hope so, because that is more often the case. (laughs) My poor brain. I mean, sometimes I just want to live delusionally, so. (laughs) Me too. Me too. I love this plan. Speaking of delusion... Delusions of grandeur? What are we talking about now? What? I want to talk about the delusions of the Shanchen. Ooh, yeah. I think it's just, I mean, obviously things that are going on in our world right now, but it's just so, 
I guess, heartbreaking and hard to read about these Shan Chen chapters yeah. right now, mm-hmm. knowing like what's going on in the world. And like, again, like how often do leaders just like say, okay, we're going to march our army into a foreign territory mm-hmm. and be like, oh, we will be greeted with you know, bouquets of flowers and outstretched arms. Yeah, and it's just, wow. Like, here we are. I mean, 2022, and Robert Jordan's writing, you know, the Shan Chen. This isn't a new story. This happens time and time again. Mm -hmm. But maybe this has also, like, impacted my my feelings on reading this book because these chapters like there was no joy anywhere and I think like it's possible that it's just kind of been sucked out of me due to you know like the current landscape of you know politics and Mm -hmm. war right in our world yeah it is it is reflective the Shan Chen leadership have a very strict hierarchy in place with very strict repercussions for stepping outside of that. And they also have a constant use of language that creates an otherness and a dehumanization of these people. And so some, there is a belief, you know, that they are liberating a a country, but that's... Like, I... I, Okay, like... Sean Chan is a place like we can get into that. I'm just gonna like very quick segue. Mm-hmm. It makes me hate the White Tower so much for knowing that they could be this force of you know protectors and saviors, mm-hmm. but they don't, mm-hmm. they don't do anything to help. No, and here comes this nation that just marches up and says, like, Hey, we're gonna take over. Mm-hmm. and they're not enslaving the entire population, Mm -mm. which I guess like that's better than the other alternative, but they're still having slaves and Mm -hmm. they're ruling by this, you know, they're obviously very nationalistic Mm -hmm. and saying like, this is our land. We're coming back because my ancestor was from here. It's convoluted, but, like, no one can step up to them. And where's the White Tower? Mm-hmm. Just what are they doing? Well, under Elida, absolutely nothing because she thinks that the Shanchen are made up. Like, she kind of refuses to believe that they could possibly be a threat to the but White Tower. Is, yeah, but this is still the Great Hunt, and it's happening in their whispers. And yep. you know the Blue Aja has the best spy network, so... Yeah. For them to turn their backs and not even, like, investigate right. properly. Especially when two of their own don't come back. Right. So it's, yeah. Dear White Tower, do better. Get your shit together. And I don't know, like, I don't, I'm not trying to, like, stand up here and be like, you know, like, everything needs to be just and whatnot. This is a fantasy world, whatever. Right, but yeah. At the same time, like, you see the tower and you want, you know, them to be the good guys. You you know, know? I really do. (laughs) I really do. I do, too. And I think, I mean, in some ways, maybe it's, it's appropriate that the White Tower reflects 
so much of humanity and not just necessarily like gender norms. And so like for me, when I think about like a group of women being in power, I definitely think like nurturing and supportive Mm -hmm. and let's take care of each other. I don't necessarily think about playing power politics and that's what the ice that I do they're always trying to gain more power and I think part of it has to do with the way that they've structured themselves so yeah it's I mean just... I never really like looked at it so much as a gender issue but a status issue or a yeah. class issue mm-hmm. yeah I agree I just feel as though they could do better I mean, how often we do we say that about the White Tower? Yeah, I know. It's just, it's, I mean, it's just when we get chapters like this, though, like, it's infuriating because, like, of course, you don't want to see your poor, like, beloved character go through pain and trauma. And that's all these chapters have been yep. this week. So it's like, ah, like, you want to pull your hair out and you want to point the finger and blame someone. Yeah. The White Tower is a pretty easy <laughs> target. Yeah. It's an ivory tower for crying out loud. Like they sit up there in their ivory tower and do jack all. <laughs> boo. Boo indeed. Even under like Swan's direction, I still have boo reactions. Yeah. What Swan? What are you doing? Yeah, no clue. I mean, I guess I guess this whole like finding the dragon reborn is a pretty important you know, piece to the puzzle. Yeah. She can't act on it. She can't let anyone know that's what she's doing. So why not? Yeah. In fact, the secrecy topples her. Yeah. Why not send people off to the, to the East, to the West and check out what's going on with these missing ships. Mm -hmm. God, that's so hard. Ships. (laughs) Sean Chen Did you have anything more that you wanted to say about delusions of the Shan Chen? No. Okay. I'm good. Okay. I didn't want to, like, move on. Just this to short question about Leandrin or whoever is Leandrin's handler in the Black Aja. Mm-hmm. Why do they think that Egwene and Nynaeve are so important to the pattern? Like, right. is there a dark prophecy? Is there... Did someone have a foretelling? Yeah. I mean, Why keep them alive? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why keep them alive? If they have to go across the ocean and never come back, or, like, would they be, I don't know. If they're so important, poison them or something. Maybe maybe they're hoping it will make it so that Rand gets distracted and decides he needs to go over to whatever place it is that the Shantan would be and rescue Egwene. I don't know. I don't know. It does it does definitely play into the character that Egwene becomes. Unfortunately. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? She could very easily slip in that direction. We could have an Egwene tyrant or angel or something. We could <laughs> turn many characters into tyrants. Absolutely. I did, one of the things that I had not caught before that I thought was kind of interesting was the women who notice channeling and speak up about it are Alwyn and Renna, like in that group of Chanchan that capture Egwene and Min. And what I'm trying to figure out is, am I stupid for not picking up on the fact 
that these women can channel or is it supposed to be like connected to this affinity that they say that they feel and develop for their domine that allows them to see that whether or not they're alerted by a domine yeah I never really thought about it. Like, I just knew that there was a connection through the leash. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's where my brain turned off. <laughs> so, like... Me too! And it took me a second to realize... Rena's, she's not holding the leash. Yeah, Rena announces to the Lady Seruth when Lyandrin like grasps the one power mm-hmm. and she's like stand she stands ready lady Egwene didn't tell her that like she was connected mm-hmm. to a new dominate there's no way Egwene would have told her that and then right. the other time is when Egwene tries to channel and the soul dam who's not attached to a dominate who's just holding an empty collar is like haha she didn't even try but how how does she know that if she can't channel herself you know, so I didn't know if I was supposed to catch up on this far sooner that the soul yeah. dem were capable of channeling or not. But well done, Robert Jordan. Yeah. Well yeah. Because it does kind of just like there are so many descriptions and, you know, you kind of have to go back and be like, oh, we're talking about this person. This person noticed it and said it because it's just like sometimes something also like very sickening about this moment Mm -hmm. that went through my head where I was thinking oh my god oh my god Egwene learns all of this channeling through being leashed like when she goes back to the tower she's a stronger channeler now like she has a better understanding of what she's doing and she surpasses others because of this event where it's like Oh, that's gross. But yeah, because the you the know, Adam prevents them from being able to burn themselves out. So right. the Soldam can push the Domine as hard as they possibly can to make their ability to channel grow faster. So yeah, she goes through. I mean, when she gets back to the tower, they're like, "Well, there's no way we can keep you as a novice any longer." Yeah, and so she's like almost instantly raised to the accepted. So. I mean, cool, that got sped up, but ouch, these sections hurt. Like, they're really painful to read. Like, my stomach clenches at all of, like, just the brutality inflicted upon Egwene and what that means for, like, all of the other women that have gone through this. And what a social conditioning it is. It's like what you said with the delusions of the Shanchan. It's just, yeah, it's just wild what language and attitudes can produce a little scary a little scary yeah yeah but that's i mean that's all i got i think the only thing that i want to like kind of ponder on is how but how could a queen hear that conversation between landron and struth and not jump to them being dark friends i know she kind of has a flash of a thought that maybe they're talking about good old fire eyes and her dreams but it just seems really obvious (laughs) yeah like why are they talking about it so openly stop that that was my only like beef with with 
I mean, no, not my only. That was one of them. <laughs> the last one. It's my last beef of the chapter. <laughs> Do we end on your last beef? I'm I'm okay with that. I can't really think okay. of anything else that I want to add. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week. Thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.